it's the uh, right hook, of course, with me, George Hook, and I welcome to the studio, as I've been doing now since time immemorial, since the time of the dinosaurs, uh, Bill Hughes with essential songs of... It's time for volume two of 1956. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Melbourne Olympics. Ronnie Delaney wins the 1500 metres, 3 minutes, 41.2 seconds. Are we going to hear the commentary? Uh, you, you can if you want to play it, yeah, but that's not a, an essential song. It oh, might no. be music to your ears, but to me, <laughs> it's just another moany old, drony old bit of sport. <laughs> Will I remind you of what volume one was, just very quickly? Oh, do, please. Yeah, Hound yeah. Dog, Elvis. Yeah. Que sera, sera, Doris Day. And yeah. See You Later, Alligator, Bill Haley. That was volume one. No, fabulous. Now volume one. Now volume two. Just before you say a word, right? Mm. Do you think volume two is better than volume one? Just a matter of interest. Yes. Oh, I'm all excited. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, this is great. And the first song in I particular. I'm doing the inter cert now, by the way. 56. Oh, where are you? The current junior cert. Yeah, I'm doing the inter. And reading Fanny Hill under the desk. No. No? It was a, it was a fella. You should try it. Read it. it. His name, it was Lee Jansen. And there were erotic novels. But it transpired later that Lee Jansen was a woman. Mm-hmm. But for 15-year-olds, oh, my God. And is that... Yeah, OK. We, OK, that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moving on <laughs> to the first song. Yeah. Bebop Alula, Gene Vincent and his Blue Caps. I like it. Do you? Yeah, I do. Because Gene it's Vincent, a very yeah. important song. I, is it? It's important because it was the first time that rockabilly was noticed. And he was a great pioneer of rockabilly music. Um, The writing of the song is just hilarious. Gene Vincent, um, the credit is Gene Vincent and his manager, Bill Sheriff Tex Davis. Okay. Now, the song was written the year before uh, when... Gene Vincent was recuperating from a motorcycle accident in the Naval Hospital in Portsmouth in Virginia. And while he was there, he met a guy called Donald Graves. And together they wrote the song. Uh, Donald Graves wrote the words and Gene Vincent wrote the music to this particular song. No, there aren't too many words in Bebop No, but uh, your man, the manager, Bill yeah. Sheriff Tex Davis said, I want you to record that, but I want the credit for writing the words. <laughs> so he drew up a contract and paid Donald Graves to go away. Go away. And for $50. 50 bucks? 50 bucks. In 19... Even in 1956. 19... Well, it was for, as you said, there aren't that many words. <laughs> so... <laughs> so yeah, uh, but there's a few cases in this. Didn't your man, uh, Duke Ellington, didn't he kind of steal the oh, music of a guy? Yes, he did. And then didn't Paul McCartney, you told me, Paul McCartney gave Lennon the words of Eleanor Rigby and he had nothing to do with it. Yeah. See, I listen to you. It's surprising. I I listen to you all the time. I'm very glad. (laughs) But Gene Vincent, uh, a great character, had an awful problem with the bottle. Did he? Oh, he had it, yeah. Now, he was born in 1935 um, and he, at one stage, sold his band's 
uh, equipment and their instruments to buy a few bottles to try and pay off a tax bill because all the money they were getting from touring was going on the bottles. Go away. Yeah. So he had to leave uh, America because he ended up in dispute with the tax authorities and the American Musicians Union because his musicians were trying to sue him. And he went off and started to have a career in the UK and all over place. So it's all over the place. So in 1963, he was with a band called The Outlaws and the guitar player was Richie Blackmore, who later became the rock god in Deep Purple. And uh, but the the drinking got in the way of the tour. And as it happened, then he developed ulcers because he was drinking so much. Um, but the funniest thing, in 1968, in a hotel in Germany, while he was touring, he pulled out a gun and tried to shoot Gary Glitter because Gary Glitter had made a pass at his girlfriend. And he fired a number of shots, but missed Gary Glitter. A lot of people would say, sadly, yeah. missed <laughs> Gary <laughs> Glitter. Uh, but then um, all the ulcers he got from the alcohol, eventually one of them ruptured. Um, and uh, he was on a visit to his dad in California in 1971. So, you know, 35 to 71. So he's only, what, what age? 36. Do the math, 36 years of age. Did we pass at 36? Yeah. Jim Vincent? Yeah. Go away. Yeah. We have to get to be Baba Lula so. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is fantastic. Gene <laughs> Vincent. Uh, I'm cramming for the inter, I'm sure, listening to this. Well, be Baba Lula, she's my baby. Be Baba Lula, I don't Well, she's the gal in the red, blue jeans. She's the queen of all the teams. She's the woman that I know. She's the woman that loves me so. Say, be Lula, she's my baby. Be Lula, I don't be Baba Lula, she my baby, my baby, my baby. Let's She's 
Oh, Gene Vincent and the Blue Caps with the Bebop Balula. Uh, it was the lyrics were worth about fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah really. It sounded ahead of its time, though, doesn't it? I mean, it sounded quite contemporary. Now, like when you hear it now, oh yeah, it's kind of. You know, Imelda May kind of music, you know, that rockabilly sound. Yeah, it's Bill Hughes' Essential Songs, volume two of 1956. Um, like 56, it's a real challenge here. Uh, where are you going? Okay, I'm going to tell you about a song, sung by Dean Martin. So when I ask you, what do you think was Dean Martin's biggest hit in his career? In his career? In his career. What was his biggest hit? That's Amore? No. It was our next song. All right. Memories are made of this. Oh, which Val Dunican reprised donkey's years later. <laughs> While sitting in that rocking chair. Perry Como did Memories are made of this. Perry Como, yeah. He did, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was just my little joke. Very coma. I always thought he sang like he was in a coma. But I'm <laughs> not supposed to I'm say I'm supposed that. to be relaxed. All right. Dean and Memories of Made. This is a fabulous song. I love oh, it. I this love is it. a fabulous song. Written by Terry Gilkison. Gilkison. Um, backed by the Easy Riders. Uh, it was a massive hit and it was number one on the Billboard chart for six weeks in 1956. It became gold and as I said it was his biggest hit and it was also Dean Martin's only number one in the UK. Really? It was his only number one He's in the UK. He's probably with Jerry Lewis at this point still. At Jerry he? Lewis, yeah. They, they uh, And that whole, I mean how their gig came together because neither of their careers was happening and it only happened when they got together and they were trying out in a, a club uh, called Skinny D'Amato. Did, uh, did you ever... Uh, Skinny D'Amato was the man who owned this mad club no. in Atlanta. The only fellow I knew was a fellow called Cus D'Amato, who was Floyd Patterson, the boxer, his manager. Well, the 500 Club at Atlantic City, yeah. run by Skinny D'Amato, the two of them were there trying out, and they were told, that's it, lads, you're crap, you're... You're absolutely useless at what you do. And when you go on for your second show, if it hasn't significantly improved, you're out of here. You're losing your contract. You can't. And they were both trying to get MGM contracts at the time. They were trying to break into movie, anything to give them a living. But so they decided they were out in the alley and they, they, they struck a deal. And it was I've seen a lovely conversation where they reminisced about that night where they just said, what are we going to do? We're going to do everything. What do we know? We know vaudeville. Okay, so if we have all the best lines from all the vaudeville acts that we know and I'm going to chase you around and throw bread rolls at you and you're going to pretend to be a waiter and you're going to drop plates and I'm going to sing and I'm going to wow the women and you're going to be an Egypt. They decided all this out in the alley and went in. Having never rehearsed it, they completely improvised and people were doubled over laughing and it they became a massive hit. pally now. No, but this was how they started yes, out. Yes, no, you know, but they weren't pally. They weren't pally afterwards. Yeah. Afterwards, when when the money came in and when the yeah. success came, Jerry Lewis was very jealous of the fact that Dean Martin had the looks and could sing. Yeah. And Dean Martin was very 
jealous of the fact that Jerry Lewis had a career in movies because he was always his like he, his whole abiding passion was to be accepted as a, right. a serious actor. He ran he might run away with Miss America at one point and then he came back to his mother to his original wife on his uh, on his deathbed. Yeah, but he married and married and married again, you know. That but he was... came back. All <laughs> the good guys come back. <laughs> Coming back, it's not the same when you've deserted a wife and kids, you know. Let's not pepper it too much, you know. But didn't his son Dino die early? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I've, I've got to listen to this because this is about 1956, about essential songs. And what memories it's bringing back for me. Just unbelievable memories. Sweet, sweet memories you gave me. You can't beat the memories you gave me. Take one fresh and tender kiss. Add one stolen night of bliss. One girl, one boy, some grief, some joy. Memories you gave made of this. Forget a small moonbeam Fold in lightly with a dream Your lips and mine Two sips of wine Memories are made of this And particularly the early Dean, I think his voice was fabulous. I hadn't kind of been wrecked by the whiskey and the smoking. Um, 55, I was ill. September, October, November 55, I'm ill. Delaney wins uh, in the following November of 56, did the intersert. Ah, but there was great music. Great music. And just just before we leave him, uh, just to remind you of that songwriter, Terry Gilkison, because he was the lead singer with the Weavers on the recordings of On Top of Old Smokey and Across the Wide Missouri. Uh, you must remember, you couldn't hear any of this on radio. You couldn't hear this on no. RTE or, or uh, BBC. You had to go to the great Radio Luxembourg, mm. 208 AM. Our final song as we tick off into the darkness. What is it? Uh, okay. It's Singing the Blues by Guy Mitchell. By Mecha. Guy Mecha. Yes. 
Now, who had a British hit with Singing the Blues? Well, there were so many hits. Of no, it. no, there was only one British hit. Made his career. Marty Robbins? No, the great Tommy Steele. Tommy, oh, well, the great Tommy You used the word the great before <laughs> Tommy Steele. That's like saying, I can't believe it's not butter. Little, you know? it's like, <laughs> little, little, little white bull. Little white bull. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Guy Mitchell. Guy Mitchell was fantastic around this time. Now, what you got to understand here is, in the time when you were growing up, did they have what we call the Marys, you know, where the, the roundabouts and the... Uh, uh, you know, no, we all, didn't. All right, well, in Crosshaven, we did, right? And we'd all go down the evening and they'd be blaring out pop songs. And Guy Mitchell was huge in the 50s. He was so massive. He had a television show called The Guy Mitchell Show, which was huge in the States. Um, he also used to star in various... He used to guest star in, like, westerns and detective series on the TV. And one in particular was called Whispering Smith where he was the sidekick to the star who was Audie Murphy. Because I know you have a fondness for the Audie Murphy movies. Absolutely. But he married three times, you know, Guy Mitchell. He married a former Miss America. Then he married Miss Denmark. <laughs> so he obviously had a thing for very beautiful women. And then his third wife, Betty, she survived him after 25 years of marriage. So he had a thing for beauty queens, but he had huge hits like My Heart Cries For You, My Truly, Truly Fair, Look At That Girl, Chicka Boom. Like he was out there. But Melvin Ensley, who wrote this song, was also a very successful musician. And he wrote songs for Johnny Cash, Marty Robbins, Andy Williams, Paul McCartney, Stonewall Jackson, uh, Ricky Skaggs. So he had a great career. But this particular song, Singing the Blues, it was just it was it was number one in the UK singles charts. It was number one in America for 10 weeks. So it straddled the end. Uh, it was from what, February 2nd, 19, uh, up to 1957. So it straddled from 1956 right, right okay. into the new year. Uh, also, of course, don't forget, if you go to Spotify, uh, to the playlist, Essential Songs on the Right Hook, all built songs are there. I know many of you are, are uh, signing on. Do it again. While you're at it, you'll get Guy Mitchell, and you just might try uh, streaming Tommy Steele singing the blue blues and do a comparison. This, but let's listen to the real one, the only one, the ma magnificent Guy Mitchell and singing the blues in the essential songs of 1956, volume two, no less. Well, I never felt more like singing Stay with you. You got me 
1956 never sounded better than in the company of those extraordinary artists from that time of 60 years ago. The closing one there, of course, singing the blues with Guy Mitchell. Uh, of course, it's Bill Hughes' Essential Songs in 1956. You can find it on Spotify uh, by looking at the playlist Essential Songs on the Right Hook. They're all there since the beginning of time. Next week, Bill? Do you want me to tell you? No. Just say thanks. <laughs> Until then. Abiento.